Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hello and welcome to Under the Dome, the News and Observer's political podcast. This is Will Doran, a reporter from the News and Observer here, tell you uh, what to look for uh, this uh, this week ahead, first week of February here in 2022. Um, I guess technically it's starting with uh, January the 31st. But uh, what we are looking ahead to is February the 2nd. Uh, this Wednesday is going to be uh, really what the past few months of most of state politics have been building up to which is oral arguments in the Supreme Court for the redistricting trial. So if you have been listening to this podcast at all since about, I don't know, August, (laughs) you've heard me and others uh, on our politics team here talking a lot about redistricting. Um, Wednesday, you know, could be kind of the culmination of all of that. Uh, We obviously we had the maps passed back in November, then we had lawsuits in late November, then we had trial early January, then we had the trial ruling mid-January, and now we are getting to the Supreme Court oral arguments on Wednesday. I'll be there for the News and Observer, so follow along. Uh, for me, I'll, I'll try to be live tweeting from the court. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see (laughs) obviously, uh, how things go, but that's, that's my goal at this point. Uh, so, but regardless, we'll have a story up about it, how things go. Uh, and then the big question obviously is when are the justices going to issue their ruling? Uh, they obviously have not said, when they're going to do it, it's their prerogative. Usually, rulings take months. I mean, it'll be, you know, three, four, five, six months after oral arguments that a ruling comes down. Uh, in this case, it might be a matter of days, not months. And that is because the elections are coming up real fast. If you missed it last Friday, Governor Roy Cooper vetoed a bill that the Republican-led legislature had passed that would have moved the primary election back to June 7th. It is currently on May 17th. Uh, Cooper's veto keeps it on May 17th unless the legislature overrides his veto. Um, I don't think that's very likely to happen, uh, given that uh, Republicans would need to get some Democrats to go along with them to override that veto, and every Democrat voted against the bill originally. So I think the veto will probably stand, but that means, like I said, that the election is coming up fast. So with May 17th deadline, that means, or sorry, May 17th election, means the deadline for having the maps done is probably around Valentine's Day, maybe a little bit later, maybe, you know, February 20th, 21st, something like that. Candidate filing is starting February the 24th. And that's because there has to be at least 45, as many as 50 days of absentee voting before the election. Um, So 
candidate filing has to be February 24th. And obviously you've got to have maps <laughs> before the candidates can file because they have to know where they're running. Uh, if, you know, <laughs> if they don't know what the districts are, they don't know what district they live in, where they want to run. So the maps would really have to be done incredibly quickly. Um, so you could see the court, you know, trying to turn around a ruling in a matter of days. And of course, this is all if the maps are overturned. If the maps are upheld, then, you know, the court could, I guess, potentially take until, you know, February 24th <laughs> to issue their ruling, drop it at 7 a.m., then open up candidate filing at 8 a.m. and say, all right, everybody, the districts are the same as they have been. Uh, you know, go file for the races that you're going to file for back in December before we put this on hold. Um, that That is definitely a possibility. Um, we do not know how, of course, the court is going to rule. Um, at the time I'm recording this, actually, uh, we don't really even know which justices are going to take part in the decision. Several justices have been asked to recuse themselves from the case. Um, two Democrats, Anita Earls and Sam Irvin, and one Republican, Phil Berger Jr. Uh, so far, none of them have recused themselves, and uh, it's probably likely to stay that way, although, you know, <laughs> anything could change. Like I said, they're, they're hearing the arguments Wednesday, so it still could be several days in which someone makes that decision to recuse. So, you know, that's another potential story that we'll be keeping our eyes out on. Um, and I think probably a lot of people have heard the reasons, the arguments for the recusal request, but if not, I will just detail them real quickly. Um, with Phil Berger Jr., obviously his dad is Phil Berger Sr., the Senate leader who, you know, as the top Republican in the state Senate, arguably the most powerful politician in the state, had a whole lot of influence on the redistricting process. He picked the people who were in charge of it. Obviously, maps weren't getting drawn, you know, without him being at least somewhat involved in the process. And uh, something that the challenges of the lawsuit has pointed out is in addition to all of that, in addition to his, you know, kind of general political role as the Senate leader, uh, he also lives in a district and represents a district that was found by the lower court to be a partisan gerrymander uh, under these new maps. Now, of course, that lower court found that partisan gerrymandering is not unconstitutional. They said there's, you know, the challengers put forward four different reasons why they thought that partisan gerrymandering violated the state constitution. The trial court said, no, we don't agree to all four of those. And so they said, even though these maps are intentionally gerrymandered to help Republicans, we're not striking them down as unconstitutional because we don't believe the constitution says you can't do that. So the challengers said, okay, Phil Berger is the state Senate leader. He lives in a gerrymandered or he lives in a district that would be gerrymandered if these maps are upheld. His son needs to recuse himself. There is a specific judicial canon that says if your father is involved in a case, you have to recuse. Or if any of your family members are involved in a case, you have to recuse. Um, Justice Phil Berger Jr. has said, well, when voters elected me in 2020, they either knew or could have known who my dad was. They elected me anyways. That shows that they are not concerned uh, with this conflict of interest. If they were concerned, they would not have elected me. So 
he's not going to recuse himself. That's what he said in a different but pretty related case on voter ID. Again, it's a highly political case involving, again, his dad as, you know, in his role as the state Senate leader. And he said he's not going to recuse from that case. So I think uh, there's a very small chance that he would recuse from this case. Um, With Anita Earls on the Democratic side, um, she is the founder and former executive director of the Southern Coalition of Social for Social Justice, which is one of the groups representing the plaintiffs in these lawsuits. Um, and she herself, uh, before she was on the Supreme Court, argued against the Republican legislature in some gerrymandering cases, uh, in addition to other voting rights and related lawsuits. And so they say that uh, the Republican lawmakers have asked for her to accuse herself, saying, you know, that she has biases there. And also because uh, a different group that's also helping out the plaintiffs in this case, the National Democratic Redistricting Committee, donated a lot of money to the statewide Democratic Party when Earls was running in 2018, money that uh, the Democratic Party spent at least some of which on helping Earls' campaign that year. So they say that she is biased because of that and needs to recuse herself. And then the Republicans have also asked for Justice Sam Irvin to recuse himself because he's up for election this year. And they say the fact that he's up for election could potentially put more pressure on him to vote how the Democratic Party wants him to vote, aka to overturn the maps. Um, Otherwise, you know, they could uh, potentially primary him and find a primary challenger against him. And so those are the recusal arguments. I'm not sure that any of the justices are actually going to recuse themselves, but those are the arguments that have been put out there. We're going to be watching that. And then, of course, we'll be watching uh, how oral arguments go and then following those, what and when the ruling happens. And really the big question if the maps do get overturned, as I alluded to earlier, is, okay, how fast does this need to happen? Because, you know, if the justices only wait a day or two to issue their ruling overturning the maps, then it, yeah, it's fast, but, you know, there would be two to three weeks um, for redrawing the maps. But, you know, if they take a couple of weeks and then issue a ruling, you know, in February 10th, February 15th, something like that, then candidate filing is only a few days away. And so, you know, there's also the possibility, well, you know, the justices could move the date of the election again. You know, maybe they do move it back to June, like the legislature had suggested. There is a state law that says the legislature should have two weeks to try to redraw any maps if they are overturned in court, and that... If the courts then don't like those maps, they can do something like hire an outside expert uh, to draw them. So, And we've had outside experts hired in previous cases. Uh, one of them uh, was last decade. So it's, you know, it's been pretty recent that the courts have done that, hired the outside expert. Uh, Republicans had originally wanted to push the elections back to June because it would give you know, more time, gives them more of a chance to draw the maps. Um, you know, I, I think that's probably why Democrats opposed it, why Governor Cooper vetoed it. Uh, they don't really trust the Republicans uh, to draw fair maps, and they don't see any reason to give them more time and more opportunity to be in that position uh, 
you know, the Supreme Court has a Democratic majority. I think it stands to reason that the Democratic lawmakers and Democratic governor would rather the Supreme Court be calling the shots on redistricting than the Republican legislature, who all of the Democrats have said have unconstitutionally gerrymandered. So that is going to be really interesting, just kind of the dynamics of how quickly the court can turn this ruling around, because if they do overturn the maps and if it does take a long time, then they may decide that they need to push the election back again. You know, obviously it's, they've already pushed it back once. <laughs> you know, I, I wrote that story, uh, what, gosh, a month ago, um, when the court uh, pushed it back uh, from March until May. So, you know, they, they clearly believe it's in their purview to decide when the election should be. Um, and the legislature has, you know, they're on record saying that, you know, they think that, that not only we can hold it in June, but we should hold it in June. Um, so that is still, even though Governor Cooper vetoed that bill from the legislature doing it, um, the courts could still make that decision. And that was actually Cooper's reasoning, uh, officially at least, when he issued the veto. Uh, his statement said that it should be up to the courts to decide. Now, the legislature obviously agrees or disagrees. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they point out, no, the legislature for a century has decided when elections are going to be held, not courts. Uh, it's always been the legislature. So we don't really know where the governor's getting this idea that the courts should be the ones deciding. Um, so it's just been this back and forth sniping, but you know what? At the same time, it's great. <laughs> it's messy and it's dramatic, but it's democracy in action. You've got all three branches of government involved. You've got them all with differing motivations, differing ideas, differing powers on what they are or aren't able to do. And it's just, you know, really fun to watch unfold in real time. Um, you know, obviously it's stressful as well for people who are on the inside of it. But I think if you are uh, sitting here listening to a podcast about state politics, you can agree with me that, you know, it's good. <laughs> it's good for democracy to have all three branches of government engaged you know, in this marketplace of ideas, as they might call it. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think we're going to have a very busy week, maybe a very busy month. If the maps do get overturned, it's going to be really fascinating to watch. And I hope you'll follow along as we cover it. And until next time, I'm Will Doran signing off. Thanks. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider, and sign up for our weekly political newsletter at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.